Well, welcome to this week's episode of Elevate Insights, a TCSD podcast. I am Brett Valdez. I'm the communications director at the district. While I'm typically serving as a producer behind the scenes, today I'm going to step in behind the mic as a guest host. And that's because in today's episode, we're going to have our superintendent, Dr. Mark Ernst, who is regularly the host. He's going to join us as our guest, as our expert today, as we attempt to simplify school funding and budgets. And so we're excited to have this conversation. And so, Superintendent, welcome to the other side of the mic. Yeah, I'm a little bit more relaxed on this side. So, yeah, I, I, this is this is awesome. And I'm not as relaxed as I usually am. So <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. It goes both yeah. ways here. <laughs> but today, our goal with this is we really want to have a discussion to help simplify school budgets and funding. And not that we're going to go into everything there is to do about that. But, you know, I worked for 20 years in financial services industry and, I know that the funding and the budgets and stuff that were laid out there, it's a little different than what we do with education funding. And really, education is pretty unique for, for most industries. And so we want to kind of focus on that. And obviously, there's a lot of stuff going on right now that we'll touch a little bit on some of the challenges that we're facing. But we kind of want to start with that. So let's just talk about the timeline of, of how the budgeting works and why it's a little bit unique for education, probably more, more so than most places. First, I'll say that as my role as superintendent, I oversee the budget, but I don't prepare the budget. So I have a, I have a pretty good working knowledge of, of how everything works, but we have a business administrator. That's Mr. Lark Reynolds. He's the accountant. He's the, the nitty gritty numbers guy. And so he does all the heavy lifting and then presents our budget. But for education, the budget process starts on October 1st of each year. And the reason for that is on October 1st, the number of students we have, that determines our budget for the following school year. So our uh, fiscal year runs July 1st to June 30th. So uh, for instance, this past October, just a couple months ago, that will determine the money we get for next school year, for the 24-25 school year. And so we turn that number into uh, the state of Utah, whatever that October 1 count is, is what we call it. And then we go through the legislative session. And each year in the legislative session, uh, the legislators decide how much money each school district is going to get based on the number of students they have. So each student gets a certain amount of money. And we'll talk a little bit about that later. And then the state gives us the mathematical formula that says... Here's what the, the weighted pupil unit is. Here's what, you, here's what you get per student. Here's the number of students you have. And so you can start preparing your budget based on those numbers. And so we prepare our budget. We start uh, in April to really prepare for the next school year. And then we, through the process, before even the next school year starts, we do things like determine uh, if our teachers are going to get raises, are our administrators going to get raises, are our classified people going to get raises, and how much? And so we have to, we only have a certain amount of money to give to all of our employees and run the district, so it's a balancing act. Uh, certainly, if we could, we would always give every employee as much of a raise that we can. But we have to hold back some of that money to run the business of the district as well. So, Budgeting is complex, but on the surface level, it's not too bad. Uh, and, and our business administrator does a great job of, of helping us get through that. 
And then, of course, we July 1st, we start that new fiscal year, and we're off and rolling with that budget that we prepared in the spring. So I think it's, it's interesting because we don't know the enrollment numbers until really after school starts. It still fluctuates a little bit, right? Yeah, and that's so, right. And so uh, there are some adjustments that are made and uh, in that regard. But, yeah, you're right. It, it is a little bit of a guessing game as to how much things are going to cost, how many students are going to show up. Uh, but we figure it out each year. Yeah. So basically, it's based on the enrollment. It's kind of where the funding comes in, which which makes sense. Yeah. But it also makes sense why it's important to do that essentially the year before so you can make those adjustments and stuff. You have to, like you said, guess a little bit on that. But. Yeah, and, and roughly, for the most part, the majority of school districts have roughly the same amount of students from year to year. There's times when that, that fluctuates. But for the most part, uh, your budget stays pretty consistent. You mentioned earlier you talked about the weighted pupil unit. It's a term I've become a little more familiar with here. But can you explain what that weighted pupil unit or WPU, kind of what that is, how that affects school funding and how that's used? Yeah, the WPU, the easiest way I, I think to understand it is it's the amount of money we get for each student. Uh, the nice thing about that is, is it doesn't matter if you're a student at Anna Smith Elementary in Wendover or Vernon Elementary out in Vernon or at Stansbury Park Elementary. Every student is the state pays the same amount for every student regardless of where you go to school. Uh, now currently for this current school year the weighted pupil unit is $4,280 uh, and, and that's for everything. That doesn't go necessarily just to every student in the classroom. You don't spend that on just that one student but that money gets put into a, a fund and then that's how we pay teachers and, and all sorts of stuff. So it helps in the, the entire education of that child. Each year in the legislative session, as I mentioned, one thing that the legislators talk about is that weighted pupil unit. We've been really lucky here in the state of Utah. Our legislators have taken pretty good care of us in education. And we've seen a nice increases to the WPU for several years. It's a little bit different year this year. I, I'm not anticipating as big of a raise in the WPUs we've seen in previous years, but I do think we will see an increase. I'm just not sure how much of an increase for this coming school year. I understand that WPU is the majority of where the budget comes from. What are some of those other sources? And even talking with principals and administrators, I know that that's one of the things that new and admin are always looking to understand how that works because there are so many different sources and ways you can use that money and grant. There's all kinds of things. Can you explain a little bit more of those opportunities or the different sources? Yeah, and even with the WPU, um, every school gets that base amount, the $4,280. However, some students in our district, they require additional help and, a different, and additional support. So there are some students who get what's called a WPU add-on. Uh, and so we'll get a little bit extra money for them. Um, our students who take CTE classes, they get a, an add-on because those CTE classes cost us more as a district to, to run. So we get an add-on for them. So there's some different add-ons that students get. And then we also get uh, money from several different federal agencies. For instance, we here in Tooele County School District, we service uh, the Goshute Indian Tribe. And so we get some Title VI money to help with that and to, and to help them. Uh, we get Title II money. Title II money uh, is used for a variety of things. It helps with um, some of our 
building leadership teams, some of our, our stipends that we're able to give teachers, we do that through Title II. Uh, some of a lot of our professional development that we can offer our employees is because of Title II. Um, and then, yeah, of course, there's also the, the local impact, the property taxes that, that our uh, community pays each year. A big chunk of that goes to, to the education of students. And that's something that uh, for me is a little bit humbling as a superintendent. Uh, I live in Tooele County and I get that tax statement each year. And, and I look at how big of a chunk education takes out of taxes. And um, I'm so grateful to the people of Tooele County who pay that money to help the young kids in, in the county. It's just, we couldn't do it without our people. And I'm so thankful how supportive the community is of education because a lot of the money we have does come from our local people right here in Tooele County. If I understand right, there's some of those different, the Tile 2s, Tile 6. I know even inside you have your general fund and yeah. 005. I'm learning all these new things that I'm spouting out information. I don't really know what it is. <laughs> yeah. But um, some of those have more flexibility how you can use them. Some are very specific. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, I think, probably the biggest misconception when it comes to education funding is uh, that there's this this big bucket of money that I can just use on whatever I want. Boy, and I wish I could, but I can't. Uh, there, there's some money we get that can only be spent at certain schools. For instance, Title I. Uh, our Title I money can only be spent at a Title I school. And so that's a situation where some people may say, well, one school gets more money than the other. That's true, but it's because that first school has greater needs than the other school. And so uh, that can only be used for those students at that school. Uh, some of the other interesting things is uh, even in our general fund, you know, we can have money that uh, we spend on technology, but we can't spend it on, it, on another one. It all depends on once we take it into the general fund, we put it out into all these different buckets. And once that money is in the different buckets, sometimes we can transfer it back and forth, but not always. Many times, once an amount of money is designated for a purpose, that's what it has to be used for. Uh, that's one thing that even now, and we'll talk a little bit about this later, is we've paused some of our programs here in the school district. But then they're like, well, why'd you pause this program, but not that program? Well, it's because of different money. Sometimes the, the money just can't cross streams uh, sometimes it can, but often it can't. Well, I think that's actually a good segue. And one of the reasons why we're bringing this up is to help people understand how school funding works. It, it's not straightforward, or, or at least it's it's a little bit unique, I guess is a better way to say that. But regarding our situation with the, some of the challenges with the budget, can you give a, a quick update? Maybe for those who haven't really heard anything about that, which I think most people are somewhat familiar, but an update kind of what happened, where we're at, and kind of what kind of the hopes or plans are moving forward. Yeah, and I'll say kind of high level. I don't need to get into a lot of uh, nitty-gritty details, but uh, basically what happened is, is we prepared our budget for this current school year and uh, started receiving those monthly allocations from the state based on, on that budget that we prepared. And then I got a call from, from the State Office of Education and informing us that there was a, an interpretation of state code that basically meant that our funding was being reduced because 
of several different factors. So for us, that meant just under $50 million. Actually, it was a little bit over $50 million. It was a little bit over $50 million. That was a little bit of a shock. And so we had to figure out what to do. So, so we did do some of those measures. We, for instance, no travel for teachers or administrators, you know, out of state to conferences. There were some that were already paid for uh, that we let some teachers and people go on, uh, but no new travel. We, we're actually in a hiring freeze right now. We're not hiring for the next school year. We've tried to cut budgets as much as we can. We, we've limited some supply budgets at schools. Schools can still get supplies if they run out of something or they don't have the money in their budget. They just contact us as a district and we'll help them out. But we've limited some of those supply budgets. We used to feed our principals when they would come for leadership meetings. We don't feed our principals. When I mean feed them, we would buy them like potato chips, just snack food. You know, We no longer buy snack food for, for our administrators. Just anything we can do to try to save money, to help us through the situation. The good news is, is we have a lot of really good people up on Capitol Hill. Each of our legislators, uh, Representative Jimenez, Representative Bolander, Senator Sandel, and Senator Thatcher have all met with us personally face-to-face in some multiple times, or at least spoken with us on the phone about the situation. And they're all helping us, telling our story, Um, I've also met with many other legislators from around the state. Yes, earlier this week, I was with Senator Ibsen from St. George and uh, Representative Peterson from, I believe she's up in Layton. People are are understanding that, boy, having this budget impact mid-year is harmful to Tooele County. So how can we help them out? And I don't know what's going to happen. I'm cautiously optimistic that uh, some good things will happen. We should know, well, I don't think we will know probably till the end of the legislative session. The last day of the legislative session, there's this this bill. They call it the Bill of Bills. And it's just everything else is just kind of thrown into this one big giant bill. And we think in that Bill of Bills, they will address our situation. And so we'll see. We're kind of in a holding pattern right now. But I continue to work hard uh, behind the scenes, as well as uh, many of our board members have done a great job contacting people and and we're, we're optimistic we'll, we'll have some relief probably uh, March 1st or right around the first of the month. I know there's a lot of people working on that. So we're, we're really grateful for those internally. But I know there's a lot of people outside that are trying to help people understand the situation and, and give us whatever relief and support that they can. So we definitely appreciate that. Um, we're just looking for all the ways right now because we don't know what we're going to be facing, right? Yeah, and so that's it's, exactly it's just making right. an adjustment. Even you, you mentioned with like the hiring freeze, like it doesn't mean if we have a teacher leave, we're not going to hire someone to teach them, but we're not doing any new positions. And then if there is one that leaves, we're just being a little more thought behind. Is there someone else that can fill that or do we need to hire someone yeah. 100% to fill that? Yeah, so. that's exactly right. Certainly, uh, if you look at the high schools especially, um, if we were to have a choir teacher leave, there's only one choir teacher at each of our schools. So we're going to have to hire a new choir teacher. We know that. Uh, but let's say a math teacher leaves. Well, we may have someone else in the building that could pick up two or three math classes. And so we may be able to save a little bit of money by just uh, having another teacher pick up certain classes uh, and, and we do that regularly, but this year, yeah, a little bit more judicious about uh, those hiring practices. 
but you're right. Once we know where we're at with the state, we will evaluate and we'll kind of we'll open stuff up as much as we can based on our new budget situation. Yeah. And the ultimate group that this affects is, is students. And that's what we're trying to mitigate as much as we can. Can you explain kind of how some of these have affected our students and maybe what we're doing to help make that as small the impact as, as possible? Yeah, and, and I think that's such a, a good question because remember, it's the weighted pupil unit that drives our budget. And the weighted pupil unit is based on students. And so when you take the budget away, especially mid-year, there is going to be a direct impact on students. So some of, the, some of the ways that it can impact, and again, we don't, right now we're okay. We're still running as normal other than that supply budget uh, limitation, which again could impact students, you know. Um, but as we move forward, some things that we may have to look at uh, could be anything from replacing uh, Chromebooks that the students have. We may, we may not be able to replace them all for students. Uh, some of the activities that students have in their class, um, I, I'm thinking of things like biology, you know, some of those hands-on experiences, we may have to limit. We won't do away with them. We'll still be able to do them, but we may not be able to do things at the level we could previously do them at. So some students probably won't notice a change at all. But we'll see. Again, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. And um, I've, I've spoken with a lot of employees and they've asked me, you know, are we going to do this and that? And my answer is, well, I don't know because I don't know exactly what's going to happen with the budget. But uh, once we do, we'll let everybody know. I appreciate you taking the time and let me try and step in your shoes this week here on this episode. And hopefully I do OK because you do a great job with this. But I think it's an important educational piece, if nothing else, just let people know that it's a little bit unique how that funding works to kind of understand that process, but peel back the curtains a little bit on how we do things and, and what steps we're taking to mitigate that, not for just now, but as we go forward. And it's kind of a, I mean, those, the budget cuts and the, the, the challenge that we face, it's just an adjustment period. And, you know, as things kind of settle out, it's not like we're cutting those things back forever, but right. it's a transition trying to get through some of the, the lower numbers that we we're anticipating. Yeah, exactly. Well, we'll, it'll take us a little bit to dig out of it. We'll notice certainly next school year, we'll we'll notice a little bit of a a dip and then maybe the following school year, but I'm not sure, you know, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I do want to say one thing that's important is we are still on track for the opening of Deseret Peak High School and Stansbury Park Junior High School. We are working through some of those financial issues that this budget thing has created, but we're going to be okay. We're right on, on track to open those, and we look forward to welcoming a whole class of Golden Eagles and Colts to our school district in, in the 25-26 school year. Well, great. Well, thank you so much for taking some time and sharing some of this insight. I think it's really helpful to understand a little behind the scenes on how we're trying to do some of these things and, and try and be open and transparent. Like yeah. We're not trying to hide had the challenges that we're facing, yeah, but we also want to know that while there's still challenges, there's opportunities and we'll still making sure we provide that education for our, our students and, and the support for our teachers and other staff that need it. So that's awesome. Thank you. Great job hosting. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you. As long as we don't do it too often, I can. Throw <laughs> right. a few yeah, yeah. No. But I appreciate it. It's good to be a part of this and I appreciate all you do for the podcast, but also 
for our schools. And I think you you, you do a great job of of leading, and, and I appreciate the, the work that you do. Oh, so thank you, Brett. And to everyone out there, we appreciate your time in listening to this podcast. And like Superintendent always says, be sure to like and subscribe and and help share the word and spread the, the message that we have this podcast out there. And um, hopefully we can continue to, to find ways to reach out and give you guys some insights on the things that are going on throughout our district. So we appreciate you joining us and make sure you join us again. And still in the superintendent's tagline, remember to elevate yourself by elevating others. Mm-hmm.